0: It's a little crazy out there right now, so Fangoria is offering a free two-month digital membership to everyone. Go to Fangoria.com for more information and to make an account. Then pour over all the exclusive articles, interviews, and reviews on the site, as well as original video content and podcast. You'll even have access to high-resolution scans of the first 15 issues of the original run of Fangoria magazine, and counting. Go to Fangoria.com now and start your free digital membership. And if you're looking to add to your social distancing watch list, Fangoria's latest movie, VFW, is now available to stream on demand. And Satanic Panic is streaming on Shudder now. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of Office Hours. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca McKendry. Greetings from my home, which is where I'm now taping all of my podcasts until further notice. I have not really left my home in almost three weeks, so I'm going to open this episode with a quote from one of my favorite movies The Thing. Nobody trusts anybody now, and we're all very tired. Nothing else I can do, just wait. So this is weird and wild, and when I'm not homeschooling my kids and disinfecting my Amazon deliveries, I'm trying to figure out how this is going to change the shape of horror films. As I've discussed before on Nightmare University, the horror genre tends to completely change after national tragedies. For more of this, you can check out the torture porn episode from season one of Nightmare University. We can look at most major national tragedies that likely affected the psyche of everyone, and then almost chart how the horror genres shifted directly afterwards. After the Vietnam War ended, horror became increasingly violent and bleak, with films like Last House on the Left and Straw Dogs and The Exorcist. We saw the same thing happen again after 9-11, where within a couple of years, the market shifted towards more of torture porn, and we saw popularity of films like Saw and Hostel rise. So I'm intrigued to see how this national tragedy will shift our horror tastes. Though I think the natural inclination might be to predict an influx of pandemic horrors or horrors about being confined, usually we are not so on the nose as viewing audiences. We tend to kind of mentally separate ourselves from whatever we've just been through, and we find other ways to work out our mental complications and trauma without hitting it full on. So at this point, I'm expecting either an increase of violent cinema, maybe slashers because they feel contained and are ultimately about fear of the outside world, or perhaps society could take a sharp left turn and head towards horror comedies, showing that we need a mental break and find healing powers within a bit of levity. This is classically not the case. It is not the classical historical film response to trauma. But this is not a normal trauma. Looking historically at American history, we see war and attacks as one of the most predominant types of national tragedies. But this is the first time in most of our lifetimes that America has experienced a mass pandemic. This is not a war being fought in another country across oceans against a foreign enemy that we come to view as, quote, the other. This is a war being fought right here outside of our doors. And the enemy is mostly invisible. And because of this, the enemy that we have begun to perceive within this battle is our fellow human. I was standing in line next to the checkout with a two-week supply of bread, eggs, cereal, and a rather large ration of dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets because there was no freaking way I was gonna venture into the apocalypse with a pissed off four-year-old. Even in these early days of the outbreak, everyone was already on edge. There had been about 50 diagnosed COVID cases and a few deaths in Los Angeles. And at this point, the news was already playing the advancing danger on loop, as well as all the precautions we needed to be taking. Stand six feet apart. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands constantly. Repeat. The Costco store was already in a state of anxiety, and it was easy to see that everyone there that day was already on high alert. No one stood together. People swerved to far sides of the aisles as they crossed paths. No one spoke. It was dead silent in the store. Some people wore masks. Many wore gloves and everyone was eyeing everyone else for telltale signs of illness. We were mentally scanning each person's face for any indication that they may be about to cough, thus causing a zombie-like outbreak here and there in the Burbank Costco. In the checkout line, everyone was observing the six feet apart ruling. Some stood even further from each other. And everyone was constantly checking their personal space, eyeing every single body that approached to make sure that no one walked into their personal safety zone. Then something broke the silence. A man with a cart full of diapers and baby formula released a single, spastic, quick cough that stabbed through the silence. We all heard it and we all felt it. But this did not end the moment. Morov just started it. Every one of us looked at him. He was scared and ashamed of coughing here. But everyone else looked furious and terrified and enraged and even homicidal. It felt like humanity was holding its breath for a second, trying to figure out who would make the first move, and I wasn't sure if everyone was about to run in fear from this guy or beat him down in a frenzy for potentially infecting them. Everyone just stared daggers into him. And then the moment passed, and the lines moved forward, and we continued on with our day. But in this single moment, I saw a fleeting glimpse of our current national trauma. Our fear is each other. It's the fear of this invisible force invading our homes, embodying itself in the form that we know as each other. Our fear is our neighbor. It's our mail person. It's the guy delivering our grocery. It's the girl standing in front of us in line at Costco. It's our friends. It can even be our family. We are suspicious of everyone. This is our modern-day, real-life version of of invasion of the body snatchers, being faced with something taking over those around us, killing some and just utilizing others to continue the spread. It's real. It's absolutely devastating and heartbreaking. And it is hitting us hard. So my question becomes then, where will the genre head after these strange and emotionally draining and heartbreaking days that we have ahead of us? It's impossible to say now with any amount of accuracy, but I will say that our new fear will most likely not be a massive city-eating monster or the devil or ghostly apparitions or sharks gone mad, and maybe only in small amounts will it be the isolation and loneliness that we are all feeling right now. But our new source of terror may well likely be the biggest thing that we are all currently feeling, the simultaneous need for others, immense empathy for our fellow humans but also a mortal fear of them thanks so much everyone and please stay safe you've heard the call you think you're an undead superstar man you think you know it all well you don't know nothing punk talking that same cadaver junk let me show you what it's all university is a fangoria podcast network original produced and hosted by rebecca mckendry producer natasha pesetta executive producers dallas Sanier and phil nobile jr associate producer jessica safa art and design by ashley detmering sound recording design and mixing by david mckendry music by the serpentines for fangoria brandon wynerdy jason koslerich and rachel wilson